You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, this is Rabbi Francis Nataf. Welcome to my beta podcast. This is the fifth episode, and today we're going to talk about something that we are not always so comfortable with. That is the issue of debt. Now, I want to start by quoting someone, uh, but based on the previous podcast, you know that quoting someone is not always the best policy. We mentioned uh, last time that Rabbeinu Bachia quoted a teaching that he may well have seen in the name of Jesus. And he obviously, if he did in fact use that as his source, obviously did not want to uh, use the person that it was quoted uh, from. And in fact, the Rambam makes it a policy and says that there are certain voices that we're not likely to want to listen to, even if they're telling the truth. And so the Rambam, in such cases, says that he deletes and simply does not mention the idea in the name of the person that said it. And, of course, this might seem against a famous idea that we see a few places in the Talmud. Um, Notably, and and this is interesting because everybody forgets who says this, but at least the way it appears in in Megillah, um, in Amdaf Tetvav, it says that Rabbi, Rabbi Elazar said in the name of Rabbi Hanina, that it's a very good thing to bring uh, the source of the quote that you're mentioning. If you, have, if you heard the idea from someone else, you should say who said it. But as I said, it's not always the best policy. Why, why am I going on and on about this? It's not about this idea of quoting. Simply because I have a problem. Uh, there's a great story that I like to tell, and I've up to recently been always saying who said it, because it, it makes the story come alive, besides the fact that uh, we have this idea, it's a good thing to say who said it. But unfortunately, this person now has a bad reputation. So I'm sure if you want to find out, you can Google it, something that uh, leaders of the Rambam, Rabin Bakhia, couldn't do in their time. But in any case, here goes. So this this person, who I'm not going to mention his, his name or her name, just to fudge it a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, they said that um, they are see- they they they're seeking immortality, but they are not seeking immortality by having their works <clears throat> remembered by posterity. Rather, they were seeking immorality simply by not dying. So that, I think, uh, humorous as it may be or may not be, if you don't like the idea or the uh, joke um, or the person you figured out who said it, in any case, uh, that idea is grounded in a certain vision of death and life, life and death, um, that if you die, then you are permanently and completely dead, and there's nothing left to a person. Now, this issue of an agnostic or uh, a a perspective that uh, 
goes beyond agnosticism, be shared by certain proponents of faith as well, um, but certainly is foreign to traditional religions, uh, certainly traditional Judaism, that death is final. And um, I mention this now partly because it has to do with this week's Tvar Torah. Again, you can get that Tvar Torah on the Jewish press later in the week. You can also get it by subscription, by contacting uh, yours truly. In any case, this week's Tvar Torah has to do with that issue and specifically with the prohibition of Kohanim from dealing with uh, death, coming into contact with dead people. Rav Hirsch expands that idea brilliantly. You can look what Rav Hirsch says as well as my summary and my expansion of his idea. But in any case, the piece that I share, as well as Rav Hirsch, uh, brings in his commentary in Parsha de Emor, in this week's Parsha, is based on the assumption that life, meaning true life, life of the soul, is eternal. Not even to mention the fact that one of the cardinal principles of Jewish faith is revival of the dead. Not only is the soul something that doesn't end, but according to many authorities, when the body comes back to life, it too comes back to life permanently. But be that as it may, whatever it is, certainly all traditional Jewish thinkers believed in the immortality of the soul. And therefore, the question is, when we confront death in society today, uh, when you have death as a, a, a an issue that people are talking about, as is the case now during the pandemic, and thank God we're seeing better numbers, we're seeing things move in the right direction on that score. Um, be that as it may, we're still seeing deaths, unfortunately. And the question is, when policymakers make policy, it's partly based on an evaluation of what is the meaning of life and what is the meaning of death. Um, and if death is permanent, uh, certainly then one has to fight for life uh, even more than otherwise. Now, granted, in Judaism, we have an idea of chai behem, that Jewish that uh, the value of life is extremely important in Judaism. Nonetheless, it takes uh, it doesn't always take priority, and I think that's an important point. Uh, and that's why, in certain situations, a person is supposed to die rather than to break certain very important commandments. Um, uh, important moral issues as well as important religious issues. For example, um, last uh, last week's uh, Dvar Torah, many of you know sh- that I share with uh, Rabbi Dr. Gideon Rothstein, and Rabbi Rothstein says over there, he points out that we don't realize that adultery, that forbidden sexual relations, uh, is something that is sometimes or quite often, actually, uh, almost always in that category as well, that a person um, should not commit such a sin, even if it's to consenting adults. Uh, such a sin is something that one should rather die and not do. Now, all that is predicated on a certain view of death, as I mentioned before, that death is not final. And as a result, uh, we take a different view towards it than 
can be the case of secular society. And it's important for religious Jews, uh, for people who are of traditional faiths, to remember that we don't operate necessarily with the same assumptions and that that can affect policy decisions and policy opinions when it comes time to vote. As I said, I'm not going to go deeply into Rav Hirsch, simply to say that for Rav Hirsch, death is a problem not because of itself, but rather because of the impression that it gives. When a person sees a dead body, one feels that, in fact, it looks like that life is gone completely. And this has a negative influence on our lives, on the way we lead our lives. And therefore, the Jewish religion, represented by the Kohanim, is one that seeks to push away contact with the dead. Obviously, not completely, uh, even for most of the Kohanim. And even for the Kohen Gadol, in a very specific situation, if he sees a mitzvah, there's no one else to bury him. Be that as it may, uh, Rav Hirsch makes the point that death is something that can deceive us and fool us into living our lives in a way that is not in consonance with un- the understanding of the immortality of the soul. And in fact, I quoted famous poem from the 1600s, 17th century poet. Actually, he was born in the 16th century, uh, but most of his important work was in the 17th century. That's John Donne uh, from England. And uh, he has a famous, very famous poem called Death Be Not Proud. That's not actually the name he gave to it, but that's the name that was uh, attributed to it based on the first line. And I conclude with the last two lines, the short poem, you should take advantage and read that poem. In any case, the last two lines read as follows. One short sleep past we wake eternally, and death shall be no more. Death thou shalt die. So says John Donne, and ultimately so says the Jewish religion, which gave birth to uh, Donne's faith, John Donne's faith. as, a, as he was a uh, Christian cleric, Anglican cleric, actually. Um, be that as it may, what's important for us to realize in these times is death is not the end. And we come in contact with so much death, we need to realize, as Refers reminds us, that we cannot let ourselves be deceived. And we need to remember the message in this week's Parsha to keep our distance from it, even if that's not always possible. The idea is to choose life. Thank you, and I hope to see you next time. Please keep on listening. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.